in this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks. Well done, good and faithful servant. Maybe you've heard that phrase before, but what does it mean? Where does it come from? Who said it? And why should we as Christians care about that? that phrase, because we really should. It's a huge statement in scripture that has huge implications for our lives. It's going to rock you up. I can't wait to share with you about it, teach you about it. It comes from a parable that Jesus shared. It's going to be super cool. I'm glad you're here. I get to share with you my song, Well Done. It's track number three from my 2004 release, Out of the Hellhole. Um, Yeah, God is here. He's in this. You're here. We're all ready to do it. So no further ado, man. Let's do this. Pastor Brad here, your 80s heavy metal head banging, Jesus loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now let's move on to the point of today's podcast. So, well done, good and faithful servant. When I hear those words, they inspire me, man. They motivate me. They move me to want to be the best follower of Jesus that I can be. That's because I know a little bit about this parable that I'm going to share with you that Jesus told to his disciples in Matthew chapter 25. This is amazing. Here's what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. And again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to the other two bags, and to the other one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went off on a long journey. That's just the opening to this parable that Jesus tells. But uh, already we see that there's a master, that there are servants, that there are bags of gold being given to people, that the master goes away for a long journey. I mean, what is up with all of this? Well, let's break this down. And first, let's learn something about parables. A very simple definition of a parable is this. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Okay, Jesus used parables all the time. He would share a story that was filled with all kinds of things that were very relatable that people could easily understand and identify. Okay, a bag of gold, a servant, a master, I get all that. And all of it has a kingdom meaning or value or point to it, okay? So in this story, there's there's almost always someone that represents God in all of Jesus's parables. And in this one, the master is Jesus, okay? So it's the master who is entrusting what he has to his servants. Now, who do you think his servants are? That's the church. That's you and me. That's those who have followed Christ. So the master entrusts to the servants bags of gold. The bags of gold represent more than just money, okay? They represent resources and tools and time and gifts and the blessing of salvation and and all of the blessings of God, right? So God has entrusted life and provision to us and then he goes off on a journey. The journey represents what theologians call the church age. Okay, here's what I mean by that, very simply. When Jesus' ministry was over, he ascended into heaven. 
that's right in the first chapter of the book of Acts. And all the disciples watched him go, and, and while they were looking up into the sky, the angels came and said, what are you doing looking into the sky? This same Jesus that you just saw taken from you is gonna return. And essentially, they're, they're saying to them, he just gave you the great commission, get about doing it, right? Get on with it, because he's gonna come back. So that's what this whole journey represents. The master has entrusted us, his people, with resources and time and life and promises and salvation and those special abilities that each of us have that we can do and gifts of the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. And he said, now go put it to use. Go put it to use for me because I'm going to come back. Okay. So now with that understanding of who these characters are in the story, let's start again in verse 14 and we're going to walk through this parable. And again, Jesus said, because he's told a couple of parables that all relate to what the kingdom is about. And this is his way of segueing or transitioning into a, a new parable. He says again, it will be like a man going on a journey. That's the master going on this journey. He's going to go away for a while, just like we just described with Jesus. He called his servants, so that's you and me, and he trusted his wealth to them. Okay, he entrusted his wealth to them. Now, the word here in verse 14, entrusted, points out the reality that what we have, our time, the gifts we have, the promises, the salvation, everything that we have on, on this earth, we're stewards of, we're managers of. The Lord has given us those things. He's entrusted them to us. That means that he's counting on us to use them in an honorable way, a way that will bring glory to him, a way that will grow the kingdom and be a blessing to others, right? Promote his ways. So the master entrusts these resources this wealth, these good things to his servants. And what's implied here is now go use them, go put them to work. Verse 15, to the one he gave five bags of gold, to the other two bags of gold, and to another one bag of gold. And then there's an extremely important statement here that says, each according to his ability. Okay, so listen, listen. For God, it's not. He doesn't play favorites. He doesn't say, oh, you've got five and you've got two, so the one with five is better than the one with two. No, 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 no. God doesn't play favorites. He loves all of us equally. But when he gives us responsibilities, he's not going to ask you to do something you can't do. That That's the big point. He's not going to give you the ability to fish really well and then ask you to be a welder for Jesus. Okay, I just wanted to make some crazy illustration there so that you would get it, right? God's going to give you and entrust you with responsibilities in accordance with who he shaped you to be. Okay, so it's not like it's not going to be a fair thing. Then, after he had given these abilities, he went off on a journey. Now, let me just tie this up so that we can kind of understand how it's fitting in our life in 2020. You're walking through life, and at some point, you hear the gospel, and you receive Christ. You say, yes, I want to be a believer. I want to be a follower of Jesus. And you, you put your faith in him, and you turn away from your sins, and you're baptized, and you step into this life of following Jesus. And now, as part of the family, God has given you salvation, and he's called you into a life of following Jesus, a life of meaning and purpose and a mission to shine for Christ as Lord. You have abilities. You have, see, now all of a sudden your time and your abilities and everything you have, you begin to see as a gift or something that God has given you to use for his glory. Okay, so that's where we are in this story. We're the servants. We've been given these gifts. Verse 19, after a long time. 
the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them. Hmm, what's going on there, huh? After a long time, the master returns to settle accounts. Okay, when you know who is the master, you know what it means that he's entrusted things to us, and you know he's gone off on a journey, and you know that that represents Jesus's time of being away from us, then you know what it means for him to return and settle accounts, right? This is the time when Christ returns, and we all stand before him and say, what did you do with your life? What did you do with the salvation I gave you, with the gift of all of my promises and my Holy Spirit and the abilities I gave you and the opportunities and relationships and all of that? What did you do with what I gave you? Now, if you're a believer, do not be afraid of this, okay? Remember the Bible very clearly. This is just one verse that that, that should encourage you. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, there is now no no, as in zero, as in none, nada, no condemnation for those who are in Christ, okay? So this is not gonna be a judgment of condemnation. This is gonna be a judgment of what did you do with the salvation I gave you? This is supposed to be a judgment of reward, okay? Now there's gonna be something at the end of this parable that's gonna kind of inspire us a little bit to not sit on what God's given us and do nothing with it, but, but I just want you to hear those words. Okay, so he's come back and it's time now to settle accounts. So the one who he had given five bags of gold to comes before him and says, Master, I took the five bags you gave me. I took those gifts you gave me and I put them to work, man. I, I, I did stuff. I invested them. I used them the best that I could. And look, I, I, five, I produced five more. In other words, I was productive. I put my hand to the plow, man. Every day I got up and I said, you're my Lord and I'm going to live for you and I'm going to do my very best to use what you've given me to shine for you. And, and look, there's been good stuff that's come from it. And the Lord says, verse 21, his master replied, here it is, well done, good and faithful servant. Now listen to this. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Now, it's super important for us to understand that the reward we're going to receive in heaven, like if you're, you know, let's just say it, I don't know, you, you, you just are a super faithful believer here, your time here on earth. You get to heaven. It's not like you're going to say, oh, you were great down there. You just kick back and you're going to sit up on the throne and you're going to rule and reign over everybody else that was like mediocre Christians. <laughs> That's not the point. When we think that way, we misunderstand Jesus' teaching to the disciples about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. He said, no, 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 the greatest in the kingdom, and that includes after time on this earth, the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. It's going to be the one that serves you. Right? So anyway, here he says, okay, you were faithful with a little bit. I'm going to give you more. That's awesome. You were a great servant down here. You were a great uh, steward of what I gave you. So in, in now in, in the kingdom, in, the, in heaven, I'm going to give you more opportunities to serve and be of use to me. That's a pretty cool distinction. Pretty amazing and a pretty important thing for us to understand. And he says, come and share in your master's happiness. There is joy in serving. There's happiness in serving the master. And so the master says, awesome, you were faithful with a little bit. I can entrust you with more. Then the one who had two had been given two. He came and the story repeats. You gave me two, Lord, and I put it to work, man. And look, I created two more. And again, the master says the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of more things come and share in your master's happiness really want to emphasize here because i know how our human brains work we think oh that dude had five and that dude had two and we put people in these categories and say the one with five is better than the one with two and all that that's not how it works in god's economy 
Okay, he doesn't he doesn't look at somebody and say, "Oh, you're better than anybody else." It's all about your heart and your devotion to the King. What are you doing with what you have? Right? If you've got three pennies and that's all you've got, and you've only got one talent, and, and you make toothpicks, and that's all you can do, right? And and maybe you're a paraplegic and you sit in a chair and you just can't do very much except for push this button with your nose and make toothpicks. Man, if you get up every day and you, you in your heart you say, Lord Jesus, you're awesome. And I'm going to push this button for your glory. I love you. Thank you for this opportunity to be useful, man. And you make those toothpicks for Jesus. And anybody that wants to talk to you, you say, man, I know, I know, I'm in a messed up place here on earth because this is a broken world. But one day I'm going to get a brand new body, man, and I can't wait for it, right? And you just live your life with that joy. And you make those toothpicks for Jesus. Man, do you think you're going to hear anything but well done, good and faithful servant when you stand before the Lord? You weren't given everything that somebody else was given, but it's what you did with it and the attitude that you possessed and and the way you approached life, right? That's what this parable is all about. Are you getting up and doing what you do and using what you have for the master? That's the whole point and that the reward of doing that is that God can then trust you with more opportunities to serve Him. By the way, I was privileged to know someone who actually lived a life pretty close to that example I just shared. Her name was Gail Lighty. She's with Jesus now. She she died of cancer a few years ago. But she was born into this world with severe cerebral palsy. None of her body worked. None of her body. Her, her, she couldn't even speak. Uh, she really struggled to get any sentences out or words out. She couldn't, she couldn't walk. She couldn't use her hands or feet. Anything. She was in a wheelchair. But she could smile and she could laugh. And man, when you got to know Gail, she loved Jesus. She loved being at church. She loved being with God's people. And she knew how to type. She could strap this little thing onto her forehead with a little like stick and a ball. And she, she would peck out by bending her head down uh, one letter at a time, emails. And I got an email from her one time and it blew me away because I realized she was smart, she was funny, she was witty, she was hilarious, she was insightful. In other words, there's this precious, beautiful, smart, awesome person trapped inside this broken body. And I say all that to say this, Gail was that person that I just described in a minute ago. She woke up every day and said, okay, yeah, I got a broken body this side of heaven. I'm gonna get a brand new one in heaven. I'm looking forward to that, but I'm not gonna waste my day being all like playing the victim card. I'm going to glorify God with what he's given me. And she did. And she inspired people around her, man, hugely. She inspired me. And I know that when she stands before the Lord, the Lord's going to say, oh, my goodness, Gail, well done, good and faithful servant. Just grab a hold of 1 Corinthians 10.31, where Paul says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. If you drive a truck... Do it for the glory of God. If you work in a factory, do it for the glory of God. If you sit in a cubicle or before in front of a computer and, and do something, do it for the glory of God. All that all I mean by that is wake up every morning and say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Help me as I go into this day, which by the way, this day is a gift. You didn't have to give it to me. You woke me up. You gave me breath in my lungs. I've got a purpose to live for you today. Help me to approach my job with an attitude right with an attitude in all my interactions with people that glorifies you or you don't have to say it with words with your life that communicates to people with your life that i have joy that i have peace that i have strength 
that I'm resting in a savior. And I don't have to say, I don't have to go around with a big t-shirt that says, I love Jesus, do you, right? I just live my life in a way that demonstrates your, your presence in my life. And then Lord, I'm gonna trust you to open those doors, maybe in the break room or at some point that I can't even conceive of as I'm recording this, you know, but you know, there's those moments that God orchestrates where that person says, hey man, are you a Christian? Hey man, I heard you say something about the Bible one day. Hey man, I heard you mention that you go to church. What about this? Or it just launches into this conversation. Or you just have an opportunity because you work beside this person each day to say, hey man, can I get you some coffee? You know, and, and you know what you're doing? You're building a bridge of relationship. As you drive a truck and you show up at the dispatch office to get your route or to get your load or to get whatever, however you start your day, your routine, wherever you're interacting with people on a regular basis, you're just helpful. You're just a servant. You're just kind. You're just using the life God gave you, the ability God gave you to to be a blessing to other people. All of that is using what God has given you for his glory. And then outside of work, what kind of hobbies do you have? I love music. I like teaching. So I built a little studio in my basement and and I'm trying to use the gifts God's given me to create this podcast and to create music for the glory of God. If you play guitar, look for ways to use it for the glory of God. Play in the praise band, record Christian music. I don't know, join, be a youth sponsor. You know, serve with the youth group in your church and, and, and lead worship. Um, if you run, start a, start a Christian running group, right? Get together with some guys and maybe invite some other guys who run who aren't Christians to just come be part of it. And maybe before you, you run, you pray. Who knows? I, you know, I'm, just, I'm just randomly trying to come up with stuff. The whole idea is look at what you can do and what you enjoy doing and find ways to do it for God's glory. That's the whole point of this parable. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Use what God has given you to bring glory and honor to him. And then we get to the end of the parable and there's a warning here, okay? And it's about what happens to the person that just never does anything with the life God has given them. Verse 24, then the man who had received the one bag of gold, and remember, that doesn't mean that God thought less of him just because he gave him one. It just, he gave it to him according to his ability. So this man that had been given one bag came and he said, Master, I I knew, I knew that you are a hard man. Now, this is interesting because nowhere in the passage does it say the master was a hard man, right? This guy, this is his perception. He just assumed uh, there are people out there who feel like the world is just out to get them. The world is a bad place. And, 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 and so they just blame everybody, right? It's like, it's not my fault. It's, it's the world's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's, it's everybody else's fault. It's my circumstances fault. I, and, you know, that can just, that can run wild. And that's kind of what this guy's doing. Now, I knew you were a hard man, and I, I know that you harvest where you have not sown, and you gather where you have not scattered seed. And that's just his way of saying you demand things from people that you haven't even given them an opportunity to do. <laughs> Verse 25, uh, he, he's just playing the, the victim card here is what he's doing. Verse 25, so I was afraid, he says. And, and boy, there's a lesson here. Fear is paralyzing. Fear crushes you. This is why the Lord says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear or of timidity, right? But I gave you a spirit of power. When we're afraid, this is what we do. He said, so I went out and I hid your gold. I sat on what you gave me, God. I didn't use it for you. I was afraid. I used my day for myself. I used my abilities only for myself. I never even thought about how I could shine for you at work or how I could be a blessing to others or how I could use my life for your glory and honor. I just kind of kept my head down and lived my life, right? 
I put my my light under a, a basket. If you've heard that 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 old song, right? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. And then there's a verse: put it or hide it under a basket. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Well, this dude, he just put it under a basket. He didn't want anybody to even know he was a Christian, right? He just went through life like that. And then at the end, he said, "Okay, here's here's what you gave me. Here's what belongs to you." At least he acknowledged that it belonged to the to the master there in the end, right? Well, here's the master's response. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant, exclamation point. That means it's emphatic in the Greek, right? So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and, where, or, and gather where I do not scatter or have not scattered seed, question mark? <laughs> he's like, oh, so this is the impression you had of me? Well, even if you thought that, he's saying here, he says, then you should have at least put my money on deposit with the bankers, right? Done, done something with it. Just made a little bit of effort so that when I returned, I would have received it back with some interest. You know, don't bury it. Don't dig a hole and bury it. Dude. Then here's how the parable ends, starting in verse 28. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has the 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is just his way of saying, look, look, if you show yourself faithful and trustworthy, I'll give you more. But if you show that whatever I've entrusted you to or with, you do nothing with it, I'm going to take the responsibility. I'm going to take the opportunities away from you because you've demonstrated that you can't even be faithful with that. Verse 30, and throw that worthless, man, listen to this, that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, we could spend a lot of time going, dude, what is that, right? But the big lesson that we all need to just receive from this parable and that it's just kind of shouting out to us is dude don't sit on what god has given you use it for his glory remember that if you're in christ there's no condemnation it's not about that we're not trying to earn anything all right you're forgiven you're justified you're redeemed you're you've been adopted you're part of the family of god now think about what god has given you he's given you forgiveness and breath and opportunities and you have some talents and abilities you have some relationships you have days to live you have opportunities before you whatever's going on in your life wake up every day and say lord help me to use this day for your glory help me to smile and shine and be helpful to people in your name help me to read your word every day and fill my heart and mind with your word so that i can be the person you're calling me to be right remember this principle when you're faithful with the little bit that god has given you God is blessed and he smiles and now he knows he can trust you with more in the future. And Ephesians 5.16 is a great verse to, to hang on to at the end of this. Make the most, Paul says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Okay, dude, I don't know where you are in your day. What do you got left? What's going on? What's the rest of your schedule today? Who are you going to meet? Who are you going to be around? How can you, how can you be Jesus? right? How can you let Jesus shine through you in your attitude, in the way you approach it, in your, your desire to be a servant and helpful, right? How can you use what God has given you the rest of this day and every day for his glory? The song, Well Done. This is track three for my 2004 release, Out of the Hellhole. This song was inspired 100% lyrically by what we just talked about. 
I had been in a season of studying this and it impacted my life and I was just at a place where I was just crying out to God. I, that's what I want for my life, Lord. I want to hear those words on that day. Well done, good and faithful servant. I want to use every piece of my life for your glory. And uh, that's what motivated that that whole the whole lyrical part of this song. The riff, I remember I was just noodling around. That's how I write so often. You know, I'm just noodling and I'm I'm playing around down at the uh, the end of the neck with just ching and it just was like I just really liked this alternate picking thing that I came up with for the for the main riff and uh, and that's really how so many of my songs start is they either start with a chorus and a big idea and I write around that or they start with a hook and this one uh, that, that hook was a major part of this song coming together so anyway I love it I hope you'll love it uh, again thanks for hanging out with me man and uh, may this song rock you up for Jesus to live for him man here it is well done Yeah.
so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how you're just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. The link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes. So head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it. And whatever you decide, man, God bless you. Thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things. That helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by PastorBradRocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry, the music, get some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make, promise bar none. You can learn about that over at PastorBradRocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at PastorBrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.